It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Daily Thunder. I'm Leslie Ludi, and we are in the middle of our four-part series on godly discernment. We've talked about how to replace lies with truth and how to become a discerning Christian. And in this, in this episode, I want to talk specifically about how to cultivate a canon mind. This is something that I learned as Eric was studying this a number of years ago for some of his sermons. The canon is basically, it basically means the 66 books of the Bible. And these days, it's very, po- it's very, very popular to have an open mind. You know, if you're not open-minded, then you're closed-minded or you're narrow-minded. And there was a concept that Eric stumbled upon as he was preparing some sermons a number of years ago about having a canon mind. And that's really the way God has called us to live. So we are to exchange an open mind for a canon mind. So it means that we are open to any thoughts and ideas that line up with the canon, the word of God, the unchanging solid rock of God's word. So we're not just open-minded in the sense of any thought or any idea can come in and make itself at home. But if it lines up with the word of God, we have an openness towards that. That's what it means to cultivate a canon mind. So again, the open mind is that we are willing to entertain other people's beliefs and ideas and even adopt them as our own if they feel right to us. And we talked a lot in the last episode about replacing feelings with truth. So if we approach a situation or a message or something based on how it makes us feel, rather than asking what does God say about this, then we will be very, very vulnerable to being deceived and pulled into error. So the open mind, even though it sounds really good in our culture today, is actually not what we want to cultivate. The canon mind is this, being exclusively devoted to God's opinions and his commands and closed to other all, all other thoughts, ideas, or philosophies that promote any reality other than his. That is the kind of mind the Christian should have. Here's a quote from John Wesley that talks about the position scripture should have in our lives. He said, this book had to be written by one of three people, good men, bad men, or God. It couldn't have been written by good men because they said it was inspired by the revelation of God and good men don't lie and deceive. It couldn't have been written by bad men because bad men would not write something that would condemn themselves. It leaves only one conclusion. It was given by divine inspiration of God. And when we recognize that, when we approach scripture as the very word of God, we're a lot more prone to taking it seriously and building our lives around it. Here's something Corey Ten Boom said. God's viewpoint is sometimes very different from ours, so different that we could not even guess at it unless he had given us a book which tells us such things. We read that quote earlier in this series, and I think it is so important to remember that our thoughts and ideas do not always naturally line up with God's. That's why we have the Word of God. So I want to take a look in this episode of how practically to cultivate that canon mind, maybe exchange that open-mindedness that we've been trying to have to be in sync with the culture with a canon mind. And the first step is to reject mushy thinking. As we revisited this scripture in the beginning of this series, but I want to look at it again, Ephesians 4.14, no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So when we are mushy towards 
our thinking. We are mushy towards the word of God. We're very moldable to people's thoughts and ideas and anything that seems new new and interesting, exciting can shape our thoughts. Then we are going to be like infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. We're going to believe one thing one day, believe something different the next day. And one of the things that I would say I've seen in the church that Eric has seen in the church over the past 20 plus years is that doubt towards the word of God and doubt towards God himself has become hip and trendy, which is very disturbing because God says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. And the opposite of faith is doubt. We've even heard of churches that have what they call doubt nights, where everybody gets together and just vents all of their doubts towards God and his word. And doubt is actually celebrated because it's under that banner of, oh, you're just being real and honest and authentic uh, authentic with your doubt. And that's, that's a good thing, as opposed to saying, wow, doubt does not belong in the Christian's life. Faith is what belongs in the Christian's life. How do we replace doubt with faith? There have been a lot of times in my life where I felt like doubt was was really a bait and a temptation. And these are the things that God has brought me back to, is to avoid mushy thinking and to not just be soupy in my understanding of God's word, but to take every thought captive and say, does it line up with scripture? Here are just a few examples of some of the mushy mentalities towards truth that you might be hearing today. One notion would say, you know, none of us can really be sure about anything. Let's just share all of our feelings and maybe some interesting ideas from the Bible. We need to understand that the Bible is a lot more than interesting ideas. It is truth. It is wisdom itself. It is life itself. And so again, feelings are oftentimes being exalted above the word of God. And so one of the ways we can avoid being a mushy thinker is to say, it doesn't matter how I feel. It only matters what God says. Another mushy approach to truth would be something like this. We all have different feelings about truth. None of us is right. None of us is wrong. Let's just have a conversational dialogue about spiritual things instead of coming to any conclusions. And a lot of the most popular books that have hit Christianity over the past decade or so have had this premise. We're not going to really tell you what's right or what's wrong. We're just going to bring up a conversation and a dialogue and just kind of humbly share what our opinion is, or and we'd love to hear what your opinion is. And it's it just leads to a doubting towards God's word. You know, God's word is very solid. It's very bold. It does not mince words about what is true and what is not. And we are trying in modern Christianity to dumb it down into this kind of mushy, springy version of truth versus solid rock. Another mushy mindset towards God says this, there are many ways to find God. Some may find him through Buddhism, some through Hinduism, some through New Age. We shouldn't judge people who find God in those practices. Well, the Bible is pretty clear that Jesus is the only way to salvation. He is the only way to the Father. And so when we start to validate these other religions, these other thought processes that do not line up with truth and say, well, you can find God through those those practices as well. We are, again, rejecting the word of God, having a very mushy attitude towards the word of God. Uh, A lot of times you'll hear the concept that the Bible needs to be re-examined in light of modern culture, and some things in the Bible just don't apply to where humanity is at today. And God gives us the responsibility to revise his word as society changes. Well, that is extremely dangerous, but that is what you see a lot of churches doing today. It's like, yeah, I know that says that in the Bible, but that was for a different time. We can't apply that truth to our modern society. And so they revise what the word of God actually says and begin changing what Christianity is all about. Another mushy attitude towards God word, God's word would be this. Do you think that a loving God would actually send people to hell? Hell can't possibly be a real place. It's just symbolic. A loving God wouldn't do that. A loving God wouldn't send people to hell. Now, all of these things are classic postmodern 
reasoning points, and they all are very feelings-based. How do I feel about this versus what does God say about this? And even if you yourself have never really entertained those specific thoughts, because I know for me personally, those are not specific things that I've struggled with of questioning, you know, the truth of the word of God, but I definitely have struggled with doubt like, is God really going to come through in this situation? He's, is he really going to be faithful to me in this situation? Or why would God allow that to happen? Is he really a loving God? You know, those those temptation points have been there at different times in my life. And I have found that when I refuse to be mushy towards the word of God, when I say, if there is if there is a problem, it is with me. It's not with the word of God. That replaces my doubt with faith so quickly. If I allow any kind of mushy thinking towards the word of God to creep in, that will set me up for even greater doubt. So be very, very watchful of that postmodern mindset that subtly creeps into the messages that are out there in the culture today. Again, oftentimes they sound really good and really right and really loving and really kind. Most of the error that you see in our culture today and in the church is based upon a part truth. There is this idea of like, you need to be loving and kind and non-judgmental towards everyone. And of course, that is based upon a part truth, but it's a warping and a twisting of God's truth. It's like a human version of God's truth, and it's very dangerous. Another another point of cultivating a canon mind would be that we need to be aware of Satan's deceptive question. And his deceptive question goes something like this. Did God really say that? Does he really mean that? Are you sure that's what he actually wanted you to do? It's like, did God really say? And the first time Satan brought this question up, of course, was in the Garden of Eden. It says in Genesis 3.1, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? And that was what was the slippery slope to cause her to believe a lie because he was bringing up a questioning attitude towards God. So beware of the subtlety of the enemy where he kind of whispers in your ear, did God really say that? Does he really mean that? We need to resolve to run from any message or notion that questions the word of God, no matter how interesting or artistic or good sounding it may be. Romans 3, 4, let God be true and every man a liar. It does not matter how beautifully someone expresses something on a blog or in a book or in a song. If it is mushy, if it questions the word of God, if it does not honor the unchanging truth of scripture, we need to throw it out. There was a, a young woman that I knew a number of years ago who started to believe that it was okay to have an affair. Now, she had grown up in a Christian home. She knew the Bible's teaching on marriage and faithfulness in marriage, but she started to believe, adopt this mindset that it's okay to cheat on your spouse and go off and be with somebody else if that person was your soulmate. Where'd she get that idea? Well, probably from the culture and from movies that portrayed affairs as good and right. And she was being led by her feelings rather than the truth of the word of God. She's like, oh, you know, this book or this movie portrayed this affair as so good and so healthy and so right. And I, it looks right to me. So therefore, I'm going to adopt it as my reality. So you see the danger of, of being mushy towards the word of God. If, if there are things that you do not understand in scripture, I would encourage you not to just wallow in doubt and say, well, the Bible's too hard to understand, or, you know, I don't really get why God would put that in the Bible. So because it doesn't make sense to me, it's it, I have the right to throw it out. Instead, I would encourage you to seek God's answers with a faith-filled heart and remember that his word is perfect, his word is unchanging, and his word is always safe. And I have found that I will always find answers if I look in the word of God. 
It says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, so we can trust it implicit, implicitly. And again, the best way to fight lies is with truth, just like Jesus fought against Satan's lies in the wilderness with truth. I really think that something is wrong when we can quote lines from a dozen movies, but the only scripture we know is John 3.16. And a lot of us need to understand, expand our understanding of scripture and decrease our understanding of pop culture in order to really develop a canon mind, a mind that thinks and reasons according to the word of God. There was a group of young people Eric and I spoke to one time who grew up in the church and all of their parents were Christian leaders. So we thought they would have a basic understanding of scripture. So we were referencing the Beatitudes. Nobody understood what the Beatitudes were. So we said, okay, well, maybe they've never heard that phrase. Let's talk about the Sermon on the Mount. They had never heard of the Sermon on the Mount. And then we started to quote from the Sermon on the Mount and say, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the pure in heart. And they never had read those scriptures. They were not familiar with those scriptures, even though they had grown up in the church. So it was really eye-opening for us to recognize how little esteem we often have for the Word of God in modern Christianity. And it was very convicting to us to fill our minds and our hearts with truth so much more than we fill our minds and our hearts with the messages of this culture. You can go a lot deeper in your understanding of scripture by looking at the amazing tools that are out there that teach you how to dig deeper into the word of God. There are resources like blueletterbible.org and all a lot of other Bible websites and resources that teach you how to go deeper in your understanding of the word of God. And in fact, we would encourage you to engage with our Ellerslie online program or our in-person programs at Ellerslie because the whole entire purpose is to ground you in truth and ground you in the word of God where you are unshakable when deception and lies and doubt come knocking at your door. You are unshakable because your feet are so firmly planted in the word of God. I remember a specific struggle in my life where I was really dealing with fear, and I felt very vulnerable to the enemy attacking with fear, me with fear all the time. And I asked God to show me a portion of scripture that would speak to what I was going through. And I felt led to study the book of Nehemiah, which really doesn't have that much to do with fear at first glance. But I began to study the way that he fortified the wall around the city of Jerusalem and how he handled the threats and the lies that came against him from the enemy. And I began to apply those principles to my life specifically in the area of fear, and it was completely and totally life-changing for me. And God can do the same for you no matter what struggle you're going to, if you're going through, if you're willing to go to the Word of God. There was a, a story that I heard from Voice of the Martyrs quite a while ago, a, a true story about a young teenage girl in a persecuted country where she was gathered with other believers and they had a Bible which was illegal. And whatever government officials came in and burst through the door and had a gun, and they basically said, anybody who doesn't spit on this Bible will be shot. And can you imagine being faced with that decision to lose your life or to spit on the Bible? And one by one, these Christians chose to spit on the Bible to preserve their life. And this last girl, she was like a, a young girl, 16-year-old girl, lovingly wiped all the spit off of the Bible and refused to spit on the Bible. And she lost her life that day. And it was such a convicting story because I thought, do we protect the Word of God like that? Do we esteem the word of God like that? Do we honor the word of God like that, where we will lose our life rather than spit upon this precious word? So something to think about in really making the word of God that valuable in our lives.
Another practical for cultivating a canon mind is to put feelings in their place. We've been talking throughout this series about the importance of not being feelings-based, but truth-based in the way we approach life. There is such a strong message today of following your heart, and it's a pitfall that is out there. We hear it in, in you know songs and see it in commercials, and it's on cereal boxes and on clothing, follow your heart, and it's toted as such a good thing. But the Word of God says something different. In Proverbs 28, 26, 20, in Proverbs 28, 26, it says, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. And in Jeremiah 17, 19, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things. So the Bible doesn't really mince words about the fact that we're not supposed to be emotions led and just follow our heart because that will be a slippery slope to, that leads us to deception. Elizabeth Elliot has a great quote about this. She says, the difficulty is to keep a tight rein on our emotions. They may remain, but it is not they who are to rule the action. They have no authority. A life lived in God is not lived on the plane of feelings, but of the will. So think about your daily life. If you are living by on the plane of feelings, on the plane of emotions, you will often approach situations in saying, you know, I can't handle this or I don't feel like doing this or I'm not up to this right now. But truth will tell you something different. I may not be able to handle this, but God can. And so it equips us to live out the commands of scripture and to do what we could never do on our own strength when we are uh, we are willing to be truth-led versus emotions-led. Here's another wonderful quote from Elizabeth Elliot about this. She says, obedience to God is always possible. It is a deadly error to fall into the notion that when feelings are extremely strong, we can do nothing but act on them. How many times have we fallen into that trap? My feelings are so strong. I'm helpless. I can do nothing but follow my feelings, follow my heart. But when we say, no, obedience to God is always possible, not through my strength, but through his. I'm going to be led by truth in this situation and not by emotion. And when we are willing to be led by truth, that's what cultivates the canon mind in our life. I would encourage you this week to ask God to show you in what areas of your life you need to be putting truth over feeling, in what areas of your life you need to be exchanging maybe an open mind for a canon mind, in what areas of your life you need to be esteeming and honoring the word of God and making it your lifeline and protecting it above everything else in your life. Because if you have a canon mind, you will have discernment for any error the enemy tries to throw at you. God bless. Our one-week training is sort of our cheater's way of helping all of you gain a foundation and get started in this grand epic adventure known as following after Jesus. And if there was ever a time in history where we need to be grounded and sound on the Word of God, boy, it's now. Our desire isn't to lead you to us, it's to lead you to Jesus. And so that you can take this hope of eternal life back to your home, to your church, to your family, and see them changed as well. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.